All right, everybody. Welcome back to Unwatchable and a very special episode of Unwatchable because this is actually coming out on Christmas Eve. So it's a nice little uh, bonus episode, a little present for all of you Patreon listeners. And I had to bring on this guest today. You probably know her from the previous Bachelor episode that we did. It came out a few weeks ago called The Bachelor Bitch Fest with Ellie Sims. And I had to bring her back on for this episode because we are doing a uh, an overall recap and review of the last season of The Bachelorette. A lot of crazy stuff happened. It was the first uh, season of any part of The Bachelor franchise that they had to film during quarantine. And that gave this season a very different feel. And I felt it was important to touch on that. So my guest today is a very hilarious writer, Ellie Sims. Say hi to everybody, Ellie. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Thanks so much for How coming. How was that? Oh, it was perfect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can follow a script, I'll tell you what. Yeah, you can follow prompting and I look you dead in the eye. Say hello. <laughs> Say hi, like your mom at a family gathering. Yeah. I don't know this person. You better, you, you, you better fucking be polite, okay? <laughs> you go up to them right now and say hi. Hug them and kiss them on the mouth. Yeah, tell they, them. They're blood relatives. <laughs> tell them that you, you missed them and that you wear the sweater they sent you for Christmas every day. Do it, Ellie. <laughs> um, I'm really excited to start talking about this. Um, so I feel like we should just dive in. Um, I think we should. There, there was so much about this season that was different than any other season. Um, I'm assuming that the people who are going to be listening will know a little bit about this season. I would assume that there's some fans, but in case you guys are not regular viewers of the Bachelor franchise. Uh, we'll just sum it up uh, quickly for you. Uh, on this season of The Bachelorette, they had to uh, they had to film in quarantine and keeping up with COVID standards. So we have been led to believe that everyone quarantined before they were on. They all took tests. Um, they all stayed at one resort in Palm Springs, the La Quinta Resort. Um, and initially, when we went into this... Uh, Chloe, season, Chloe, I have to stop you. I'm almost positive it's La Quinta. And I cannot let you go through this whole episode saying La, Quin La Quinta. La Quinta? I said La Quinta? La Quinta. I think, you, I think you did. And I just had to step in as a friend. <laughs> let, the, let the evidence show that I am white as snow, and therefore <laughs> I am not, I'm not the optimum person to say words like La Quinta, La Quinta. At least you didn't say Quinta. La, La Quinta. <laughs> La, La, La Quinta. I just put it all in one word. So what is it? I'm, well, La I think it's La Quinta. Okay, we'll say La Quinta. That's Ellie Perfect. being a friend, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just mispronounced everyone's names. I'm like, and Clar was there. <laughs> Crass, <laughs> Crass Harrison. <laughs> Chris Henderson, the host. Chris Henderson. 
<laughs> well, they filmed this all at a La Quinta, and when the season opens, we have a bachelorette who she was the bachelorette announced. Everyone like knew for months that she was going to be the bachelorette. They put the filming of her season on hold for a long time due to COVID. Uh, and this is Claire Crawley, who we've seen in previous seasons of The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. So I think we should start on this note. Um, we made some predictions the last time you were here about how we Claire did. Um, looking, I think my predictions were like all wrong. I think mine were <laughs> too. Looking at the few episodes that Claire was in, uh, how did you think she fared as the Bachelorette? Um, you know, gotta hand it to her. I respect her efficiency. <laughs> like, that she was just like, yeah, that one. And then ended the show. Because that's something I've always wondered. Like, past seasons of Bachelor and Bachelorette, when it's like down to their final two, and it's like the day before proposal, and they're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, how can you not know? <laughs> the day before proposal, which one you like better. You know, I've never quite bought that aspect. So the fact that as soon as she found the guy that she wanted, she was like, yep, I did respect that. But I did, I didn't love her as the bachelorette. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you bring up an interesting point because on one hand, it's like, it's pretty well known that like most bachelors or bachelorette kind of know who their like top choice is pretty early on. Um, yeah. so you kind of are like, why is everyone so unsure, like so down to the wire? But then on the other hand, like they are theoretically getting engaged to someone who like they've only known for about two months, which yeah, when you put it like that sounds insane. And there's been no, there's been no exclusivity like the entire time. It's, it is a weird scenario. So I can yeah. see it from both sides. Yeah, it makes, like, last night on the finale, I remember one of the guys saying to Tasha's dad, obviously I'm jumping ahead here, but one of the guys being like, I've been in love with your daughter for weeks now. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not very long. <laughs> He's like, I've been in love with your daughter for three out of the four weeks I've known her. <laughs> exactly. So I think I can marry her. <laughs> well, going... Going back to when Claire was the Bachelorette, um, I feel like it's so hard for me to like remember that. It feel now that we've had Tasha like take over in the middle, it just seems like it, it was an entirely different season. Like it was it just seems, a dream. Yeah, it seems like <laughs> a, like a shared fever dream that we all had, and we all exactly. woke up and we were like, "Whoa, Claire was the Bachelorette last night!" Like that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Something that I think happened throughout the season, like it, with this started with Claire and then it did continue into when Tasha took over. There was a lot more sort of disruption of the pattern than normal seasons. Like there were a lot of canceled cocktail parties and mm -hmm. canceled or postponed rose ceremonies, parts of dates getting canceled. Yeah. I feel like those guys were in the, their hotel rooms a lot more than they wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... It that's the weird thing about this. I didn't feel like we were getting a classic Bachelorette season until maybe the past three episodes. And 
as we're recording this, it's the day after the finale aired. We're recording this on December 23rd. Um, and yeah, in only the past two weeks, I have felt like, oh yeah, like this is like an actual season and she might choose someone. This is that TV now, show been, I watched Yeah, sometimes. it's been so thrown off. Yeah. And Claire, even the way one thing, they were, I like, think you, you're, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Even the way they were like, airing episodes where like they wouldn't end every episode with a rose ceremony it would be like in the middle of like almost every episode was so yeah i hate that yeah they've done that before too like it's like their seasons can get out of sync (laughs) and like every few seasons the rose ceremony comes at really weird times and then they get back into their rhythm (laughs) but one thing one of your predictions that i think was correct was when you said claire was made for reality tv because she definitely is like that woman can give a speech oh yeah (laughs) i i kind of think that that worked out to her detriment a little bit like okay so we need to talk about clarendale for sure but before we get into clarendale we need to talk about claire uh in general with the rest of the guys because i really feel that Tonally, there was a huge shift when Tasha stepped in. Before Tasha was the Bachelorette, when it was Claire, things were very, very intense, like very serious. There was like no goofing yeah. around. Yeah, and the, like I think, you know, it seemed like the guys, every guy who wasn't Dale, was on such thin ice because mm-hmm. <laughs> oh she was God. looking for reasons to get rid of him. Like I remember one day with a different guy who wasn't Dale. She, like, I think it was, like, she started to lean in to kiss him, and he didn't react fast enough, like, to lean in as well. And so she was, like, whoa, this is, I'm sorry, I'm so, I just got so uncomfortable. And she, like, left, and he was, like, wait, what did I do? Yes. (laughs) I was, like, I want to kiss you, and she was, like, no, it's fine, whatever. (laughs) I, she, I feel like she reacted like that to so many guys where she would try to test them and be, like, so what did you think of me on Juan Pablo's season? And they'd be like, oh, I actually didn't watch that season. She'd be like, oh, you didn't? Oh, so you haven't watched me on television. So you don't know who I am. Like, she would freak the fuck out. Like, she was offended that people didn't know, like, who Claire Crawley is in the Bachelor world. Yeah. Which is funny, because I think a lot of people would... I mean, I think a lot of people would appreciate that they were dating someone who hadn't seen them on reality TV. Yeah. Probably not at their best. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And also, like, her season with Juan Pablo was, like, quite a bit ago. It was in, like, 2013 or 2014, I think. It's not like it happened yesterday. She kept the dress so that she could burn it on her season with The Bachelorette. So we have to talk about this date because... uh, It's basically, like, aside from all the stuff with Dale, it's the biggest moment that sticks out to me about Claire's uh, portion of the season. She loved a sob story more than anyone. But more than that, she (laughs) loved her own sob story more than anyone. And she brings... (laughs) I'll set the scene for the listeners. So they're stuck in La Quinta. So the only place that they can really go off campus is, like, the middle of the desert of palm springs and she brings this guy jason out into the desert with her and basically the whole time just gives him like this big therapy session 
and gets him to like talk shit on his parents and be like, well, I don't think they're in love. And like, is like, Jason, I need you to tell me all of your deepest secrets and all of your traumas. Let me hear them, Jason. And then she brings out this dress that she wore on Juan Pablo's season and is like, we're going to burn this dress and we're going to yell at the mountains and we're going to scream. Like, it was crazy. It was so mean because she already knew it was Dale, you know? And then she brings out this guy who's like, I have a really hard time expressing my emotions because I'm scared I'll do it and then I'll be let down and hurt. And she like made him tell all of his deepest rooted fears and painful memories and then, yeah, dumped him for Dale. <laughs> for like, and she did this for like no reason to. Like the date, you like usually when that happens on like an, on a date, There'll be someone else who's there. Because this wasn't the dinner portion. Usually the dinner portion is where they get real. This was just the date. And usually yeah. for that to happen, like, they'll bring in a third person who will be like, oh, this is a psychic in the desert or something. Yes. Kind of like what they did later in the season. But they'll bring mm-hmm. someone out who will be the one to be like, I'm sensing that you, like, have some walls up and we need to break these barriers. <laughs> They didn't need to bring in anyone. Claire just, like, made him do it. Yeah. She was like, if you don't want to go home with an SUV right goddamn now, (laughs) you will tell me who hurt you in your childhood. (laughs) You talk shit about your parents or it's over, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) But, of course, uh, she does not pick Jason. She picks Dale Moss. And I think we, we definitely need to talk about this part of the season because this was the main storyline throughout Claire's four episodes that she did. Um, yeah. I, I think we need to, we need to speculate here for a moment because there have been rumors circulating around because she laser focused in on Dale so quickly and because she pretty much just like picked him after a week and a half or something of knowing each other, they get engaged. There is a lot of speculation that they talked before the show. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I would believe that they did. I also believe... I would also believe that they didn't. I, because she has at least... She has said that, like, they didn't speak, but she did see... She could see his Instagram, you know? Like, she knew who he was. So if she knew who he was, then she was able to like stalk his Instagram and develop a full-fledged you know internet crush on him before meeting him and like that could be enough like if she just found him super attractive and went through his posts and saw things that were like oh wow family is important to him and here he is volunteering with kids you know like I do believe like that could be enough that she like was already fantasizing about him but then when she met him and they had a connection she was like yes but I wouldn't, like, be super shocked if they had talked before mm-hmm. either, so. Yeah, she has, like, insisted over and over again, like, that they never spoke. I believe that Claire is, like, I think if this was anyone else, I would not believe them. I believe that Claire is, like, just into this process enough and, like, just a little bit, like, <laughs> crazy romantic <laughs> enough that, like, if anyone was going to fall in love from someone's Instagram and, like, get engaged in a week, (laughs) it's Claire. Like, 
that seems very yeah. accurate to who she is as a person. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it as well. Also, Dale. Like he, with who Claire is, it's not, doesn't seem impossible to me that she could fall in love with someone in a week, yeah. you know, like, and just be like I don't need them one. to have talked Shut before. Shut production. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, lights off. I was getting kind of the impression throughout the season that, like, Dale was not super into her, like. Yeah, like, I don't, I honestly thought it was a little unfair to Dale just because like there's such a power dynamic there so if she's like all of a sudden like zeroed in on you is like you're the one and wants to spend all her time on you on you like you can't really do anything about it if you're dale i mean like you could leave and go home but like that's not really the point of the show Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah i felt bad because like she was so into him so quickly and she has the upper hand so he really had to just go along with it and like who knows if dale wanted to get engaged after you yes, know, the, 12 the days or whatever it was. Like, the engagement felt so forced by production. It was insane. Yeah. Because it wasn't, like, either of their ideas. Like, she wasn't like, oh, I want him to propose to me. And he wasn't like, oh, I'm in. I'm proposing to Claire. Literally, Chris Harrison was like, okay, yes. Claire, well, you know what we're going to do now? Dale's going to propose to you. And she was like, oh, oh, shit, okay. And then he went and to he Dale. And he did the same to Dale. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he went to and he was like, she expects you to propose to her. He was like, oh, shit, really? <laughs> it yeah, was like, I don't, it's like so hard to tell. I mean, because she is clearly gaga for him. But like, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying. He really had no yet. choice in the matter. So like, it's hard to tell if he's, he seems not as into it. I'm imagining like Dale just like, giving his proposal speech and then over his shoulder you just see like chris harrison like behind claire with like a gun with a gun (laughs) fucking do this man like he's like mouthing to him like i will get you like doesn't finish his proposal speech yeah he was definitely some there was yeah he was not it was a little hostagey yeah the proposal (laughs) <laughs> I was like, you want to get off the La Quinta grounds. Mm-hmm. The only way to do it is with a fiance. <laughs> yeah, they like have the Dale trap. They give Dale like the smallest room at La, at La Quinta. <laughs> they're like, we got to give him like, he needs to want to get out of here. <laughs> His shower leave, doesn't work. There's like no food or water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, That's you can make this all go away, Dale, if you <laughs> say those magic words. <laughs> uh, I hope, I mean, I don't know. I guess I hope it works out, though, because, I mean, she got, she got engaged on the show before. She got engaged on Winter Games, and that didn't work out, so. <laughs> so I would like feel ben, bad if it happened again. Benyay or some guy? I don't Benoit. remember. Benoit. 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 <laughs> Benoit. Mm. Benoit. I love that name. (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm not gonna, I don't think their relationship is fake. I think they genuinely do like each other. Yeah. I just think it was weird the way that it all happened. Yeah, I think they, I think he does like her. I just think the power dynamic was a, a little unfair to him in terms of just like the timing of it all. 
But like, I think they're probably happy together and they're basically dating, but like engaged. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just get the vibe that like he loves her, but he loves the notoriety more, I would say. Just based off of his social media. That's the vibe I get. Yeah, I would believe that. Um, I guess we should move on to when Taisha came in and, and saved the day. Yes, our hero. The hero we, mm-hmm. the hero we need but don't deserve. <laughs> well, because when I think back on it, I'm like, I don't know if I could have taken... 12 episodes of Claire. No offense to her. I I don't dislike Claire, uh, like, as a person. I don't think she's, like, a bad person. I just think that she's very intense. And that would have been hard to watch for 12 weeks of, like, not fun. I think Taisha is, like, very bubbly and fun. And, like, I genuinely really like her personality. Yeah. I like her a lot, too. I mean, she's fun and she's very nice and seems like emotionally mature enough to like you know know what she wanted and yeah interacted with the guys I felt like in like a respectful and mature way so I was a fan yeah I think I think we have to talk about the the way in which Tasha took over because there's a lot of speculation on that um they they I feel like they tried to make it seem on the show that like I feel like they almost gave Claire kind of a bad edit, like, kind of tried to make her seem, like, unreasonable, because they showed a lot of, like, the guys talking shit about her, and I, I, and, like, they kind of forced her to leave by, like, forcing the engagement, so it's all a little bit suspicious to me. The rumors were that she shut down production, but I almost feel like production just shut themselves down. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think she knew she, like, only wanted Dale. So I don't know what she could have done, you know, going forward. And, like, she clearly, like, wasn't into it anymore because she was canceling dates and canceling rose ceremonies. Like, you know, I don't know what either, like, from her end or from the production's end, like, once she had, like, made up her mind so early, I don't know what either end could have, like, done to keep, like, pushing a Claire season. So, I mean, but, like, I mean, it definitely makes sense that production was the one, like, forcing the proposals. There could be, like, a nice bow on those first chaotic episodes (laughs) before they moved on. To me, it's just, like, the timeline is weird because from Tasha's telling, when she, when Tasha gets there, she says, like, oh, you know, like, two days ago, I was just, like, at like, in my room, like, eating donuts, and then I got a call, and now I'm here. Yeah. I'm just, like, but doesn't everyone have to quarantine and, like, do three tests? Apparently, like, this is not me bullshitting. This is, like, what the show claimed to be doing. So I found that a little bit Yeah, I don't know how, like, I don't know how early on they figured out that the Claire thing was not going to go on. So they needed to get her into, you know, quarantine and start getting her tested. Because, yeah, I mean, first, because if it was really just a couple days, I mean, then that's not safe. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, something about it's off. Either they told her to, like, either they told her, say, a couple days so it doesn't seem suspicious, or 
so that it seems so that it makes more sense to the audience but she was there earlier or she just showed up when they called her and she didn't really do all of that safety stuff um and i feel like that happens a lot throughout the rest of the season because we see people come back like we see bennett come back we see ben come back and yeah and guests coming on you know old bachelorettes and stuff mm -hmm. like i don't know what and the you know family comes to visit like did every person who came on you know to shoot for one day really quarantine for two weeks i'm kind of guessing not and like with the top four where she meets their families it's like yeah did she tell them two weeks in advance to her top four were did they have the Whoa, top seven family quarantine? Like, how did they do that? Like, it doesn't, there's something shady in general with the timeline. Like, either, yeah, either they were doing rapid testing and they weren't quarantining, which, like, just come out and say that, or, so, I don't know, it's just something is off with the timeline of quarantining and stuff. I'm guessing there was some quarantining going on. I mean, I think the main cast, like, at least, like, the people they started out with, probably did quarantine for like the two weeks mm -hmm. but then all the people who came on throughout I'm guessing there was like some quarantine going on or like as soon as they knew those people were going to come on the show they told them like hey stay in your house <laughs> you know until yeah. then but I would guess they were relying more so on testing than quarantining yeah or like when Ben comes back uh in the in the fantasy suite episode did they just, like, he was supposed to leave? Well, um, I would guess he just never even left. Yeah, I'm like, did they just hold him over? And they're like, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, same for Bennett, too. I mean, those guys came back so quick after they were sent home. Mm -hmm. I would think they were just, like, in their room, you know, waiting yeah. for their flight or whatever <laughs> until, and then they decided to walk back over to her room. <laughs> yeah, they're like, it's now or never. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of- I can't of, believe that that happened twice. Yeah, I mean, that's, that goes along with what you were saying earlier about how, like, so many things got thrown off. Like, we had multiple people returning. We had, like, multiple things getting canceled. We had, like, it was a very different feel. And it, to me, like, it almost feels like because they weren't uh, able to leave, like, they weren't able to travel, it almost feels like they tried to make twists and turns happen with just like the, like they were like, oh, we need drama. So let's just cancel this cocktail party again. You know what I mean? Like with the format, they kind of tried to make it more dramatic that way. I think they were very afraid of like filming this in quarantine and not having enough uh, for people to talk about, you know? Yeah. Which makes sense. <laughs> But, you know, it was so, like, it was funny and fun to watch them come up with, like, dates all on the hotel property. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was kind of fun it. because it was so reminiscent of sort of what we all dealt with in early quarantine, like, trying to make the mundane interesting mm -hmm. and, like, coming up with little craft projects and everything. Yeah. And it was funny to see, like, this massive TV show doing that same thing on, like, such a production scale. It's so funny though because I feel like I feel like they did about as well as we could do and we don't have the budget that they had. Yeah. <laughs> All of their stuff was like we put a pool filled with tennis balls in the middle of the tennis court. Dig so, through that. Like 
<laughs> they had like you know, they should have had way more pool parties. Like, I don't know why know. they used the pool, like, twice. I'm just, like... Yeah. And it was, like, <laughs> Palm Springs in the summer. Like, they should have been in that pool every daylight hour. They, dude, there were so many episodes where the guys were just, like, melting. Their yeah. faces are just melting off. It's probably, like, 120 degrees. It's, like, August. Yeah, that was really good planning. Oh, I know. Honest, they couldn't have found a better place, like, for the weather. <laughs> yeah. We like, had to shoot it there. I know. What if they did it, like, up in, you know, Big Bear or somewhere yeah. up there? It would be a lot more, it would be cooler, and they could do little mountain activities. Oh, yeah. Dude, that would have been a great idea. Or, like, even, like, Santa Barbara or something. Like, yeah. Like, pretty area. It's definitely not as hot as the fucking desert. Like, <laughs> There's a lot of places you can go in Santa Barbara. That should be, like, to, the like, city motto for Santa Barbara. Definitely not as hot as the fucking desert. <laughs> Come visit. Their claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, some of these dates, I was just like, you guys couldn't, you guys couldn't spend more than, like, $20? <laughs> yeah. They have to scooter for every date now? <laughs> There was a lot of, there was a lot of, like, stripping-based dates as well, which, like, I, I was surprised because, like, during Claire's episodes, there was, like, some drama and, like, controversy around, like, mm-hmm. the, you know, strip dodgeball, I think it was, or something, okay, you know, like, Yosef men having to get naked on dates. Yeah, Yosef and then, like, a new one. kept doing it the rest of the season as well. If I was one of those guys, I'd be so thrilled. I'd be like, thank God, I've been wearing this, like, fucking suit all day in a hundred... Yeah, honestly, true. I would, like, <laughs> want to cool off. I'd be Remember like, is there a got... date, please? <laughs> <laughs> Remember for the art date, Ben just got naked? Oh my god, like, yes. This is the real me. <laughs> that was amazing <laughs> he just goes but i'm the yeah. big he didn't say this but he might as well have been like and i'm the greatest work of art god has ever provided <laughs> like, <laughs> this, these are my pecs <laughs> i some of the guys like i did not understand all of the fan favorites this season like yes. f- i know from the internet that ben was a fan favorite and like he was never really a favorite of mine. Or, like, people even being like, Blake deserved better. And I'm like, I never liked Blake. He was always so cranky. And he was like, remember when, like, Claire canceled, she left, and he was like, I bought a book about dementia so I can understand what she's going through. And it's like, you bought a book so she should marry you? (laughs) (laughs) These are the standards that men hold themselves to. They're like, but I spent $16.50 at the Barnes & Noble, bitch. (laughs) Can I get anything for that? (laughs) But also, like, Ben cracked me up. Not even, like, a little hand stuff? Buying a book should at least get you a little bit of hand stuff. Over-the-pants action? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) But Ben cracked me up because he was, like, the worst. Or, sorry, not Ben. Blake. Blake cracked me up because he was the worst, like, reader of situations ever. Like, Claire was, like, Claire disappeared with Dale for, like, 15 hours, like, overnight. (laughs) And everyone was like, oh, like, it's obvious that she really likes Dale. Like, I wonder what they're doing. And he's like, no, I just don't see it, you guys. Like, 
there's a lot of guys here, and I just think Claire is exploring all her options, and she's like, he's the only one who, like, could not see it. It was so funny. Yeah, he was a, he was just, he was a little bit of a downer. <laughs> well, he did that with Tasha too. Like, he was on, she was on her date with Easy, like, who she liked, but, like, never had a, like, big connection with, and he's like, I don't know, guys, like, I think she's gonna choose Easy, like, their chemistry is off the charts. And then you just cut to them like politely sitting there, like eating dinner, not saying a word to each other. I was like, Blake, you're the worst. <laughs> Blake is the kind of boyfriend who like buys you socks for Christmas. And is like, mm. well, I thought you, you said you're cold all the time. I bought you socks. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, he just doesn't get that. Like, <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. He's like checking the boxes. No, I don't know. I was going to try to, I was going to say checking the boxes, but not blah, blah, the blah, blah. And I was going to make up some sort of analogy on the fly. And then I realized I had no idea what I was even trying to say. <laughs> okay, so, I, have a, I have a better one from what I just said. I think like, okay, you're going out with Blake and you go by a jewelry store and you're like, oh my God, that, that diamond bracelet is so beautiful. Ah. <sighs> I've never had a guy buy me anything that beautiful before. Like, hint, hint. And then for Valentine's Day, you, like, open it up, and he got you, like, a hat. And he's like, well, <laughs> you said you like really pretty things, and, like, this is a sparkly hat. I thought it would look nice on you. You're like, blank, no! <laughs> he gets you, or he gets a little closer. He did get you jewelry, but it's like a necklace with a heart-shaped charm on it. It's like a movie. Because he like read a book about girls one time, but he's never met a girl. So he's like, but girls like hearts and they like jewelry. And it's like, no. No it's woman like one will of those wear necklaces it. with your name in like cursive, like Carrie Bishop <laughs> kind of. <laughs> that like you he would get like a seven-year-old. <laughs> He's like, what? I thought you liked your name. <laughs> you want to wear it? He looked so much like someone to me, and I still don't know who it is, and it makes me mad. But I'll update you if I ever think of it. Well, I think for Blake, like, we should talk about him since he did have, like, a pretty dramatic uh, storyline. I feel like everyone really liked that. You know, I'll admit, I did like Blake or damn it, I keep mixing them. I liked Ben at first. Um, I really liked that, you know, he did open up about some like really hard things. He talked about having like an eating disorder, which we've never seen a man talk about on this show before. Um, he did talk about like his suicide attempts, which I don't think anyone has really talked about when it comes to themselves uh, on this show before. So he did like, kickstart some very important conversations. However, most of what he did to me from that point on was like a bachelor audition tape and not, <laughs> not necessarily someone who I genuinely thought wanted to be with Tasha. Yeah. And I sort of felt that way from Brendan as well. I don't, I don't know, just something about, like, Brendan, how he was, like, such a charmer, and then towards the end was just, like, totally checked out. Yeah, he was, like, It eh. gave me the sense of, like, that he was, like, I came here to audition for The Bachelor, 
And now it's getting a little too real. You're getting a little too close to maybe picking me. And if you pick me, then I can't be The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, because he definitely did leave with like, and you know, maybe one day, like, when my heart is just whole again, then, yeah, then I can fall in love. And you're like, okay. That's, that's the go to. Just be like, I'm not ready yet. So that nine months later, you can be like, now I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, you guys are, you guys are going to start filming? Yeah, I'm ready now. <laughs> I'm ready. I checked in with my heart and she said, we're ready, boss. So yes, my heart is a woman. <laughs> Feminism. <laughs> <laughs> because I was raised by two strong, independent women. <laughs> I hate, honestly, at this point, I hate the phrase strong, independent woman. Is that, <laughs> that going to be really controversial? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a feminist but that phrase is just so sort of like corny at this point so like and like throughout the season with both bachelorettes men would be like I love how you're a strong independent woman and they were saying it like non-ironically when I feel like that is yeah. like only used ironically now I feel like that's what guys say when like they want to come across as like feminist but yeah don't but they don't know you well enough to like say anything about you like, they're like, oh, Bingo. this girl, like, this girl's tough. Like, she's a feminist. I'm gonna call her strong and independent. It's the and Pandora charm of compliments. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know anything about you. Yeah. I do like you. So here's a little thing for you. Yeah, they're basically like, okay, so she's not shy. So I'm gonna say she's a strong and independent woman. Like, <laughs> she's not married. But she also doesn't still live in her dad's house. Wow. This is a hero. <laughs> Hashtag brave. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag me too. That's not Jeez. what that is. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of the vibe I got from Ben, honestly. It was like, I feel like with Zach, Zach was very specific about the things that he liked about Tasha. Where he yes. was like, I feel like you light up a room. You're very funny. Like, we can be goofy. Like, it had to do with, like, their relationship of, like, this is what I like about you, and I like this about us together. And then with Ben, he was just, like, very generic. And he's just like, she makes me feel good. I like I how I feel when before. I'm with her. It feels good to be with her. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, like. I honestly, like, we were watching the finale last night, and my sister was like, is it bad that I'm not rooting for anyone? Like, <laughs> and I sort of felt that same way, just, like, there was no one, who, like, past seasons, like, Blake on Becca's season, Hannah G on Colton's season, like, those are people, neither of them won, but those are people who I was like, it's so clear, it's gotta be them. Yeah. And, like, honestly, this time, I was just kind of like, I could see it going either way, but I did. <laughs> Zach because of what you were saying I mean he just seemed a lot more sort of like confident mm -hmm. and able to articulate his feelings oh yeah so yeah. I liked that about him I definitely want to talk about Zach but before we do uh we should talk about someone who I think was very important who I really want to be the next bachelor although we have another Bachelorette season, so I don't know if it's going to happen. Ivan. 
Uh, I thought we're, I thought, I, well, I thought, I was hoping we were going to talk about Bennett, but then you said, I want them to be the next Bachelor, and I was like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> okay, well, we definitely can go back and talk about Bennett, but. But, okay, yeah, should, let's talk about Ivan. Because he was in the top four. Um, but what I liked about Ivan was that, first off, I think on his first date with Tasha, they had a whole discussion about police brutality and about yeah. Black Lives Matter and all of that stuff that I never expected them to air on a show that has a history of being very like problematic, especially when it comes to race. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're on their 25th Bachelor and just now they like they finally have a Black male lead like and they did that because they were pressured by so many people so like that's just one like that's just like the tip of the iceberg with them but I thought that was a great yeah it was really like outside the norm but like in a really good way like they so rarely talk on this show about anything real like every conversation I mean I love the show and I will always watch it but most conversation is how do you feel about us I feel really good about us. That's great. How did you feel about the date? I had a lot of fun on the date. Me too. I liked how fun it was. Like, you know, so to hear them talk about like real issues, like I'm, I guess I assume these conversations happen in the fantasy suite, like the political Mm -hmm. conversations, because I've always been shocked that they really never touch on that, because that's something you would want to know if you're going to get engaged with someone is where they stand on like political issues so to hear it talked about like on camera I thought was like really refreshing cough cough Becca Kufrin and Garrett I know yeah when did they like did did they not talk about it even in private like how did they not know (laughs) for listeners who don't know Becca Kufrin was a bachelorette a few years ago uh she is a staunch democrat and feminist like that's a big it, it's been a big part of, like, her social media, everything about her yeah. since, like, before she went on the show. And the guy that she picked, who I hated from the beginning, nothing yeah. to do with what I'm about to say, but, like, it just, that made me dislike him more. <laughs> but um, he is, like, a big, like, MAGA supporter and uh, at the time had liked a bunch of tweets about being, like, anti-immigration and, like, some like kind of questionably like racist stuff and they were together for like two years and I always wondered like did this not cut like did you guys not discuss politics or religion or anything like the entire time that you were on the show like that's crazy to me yeah I don't I don't know how you could forget that forget to check in on that whoops I asked him how he liked the date but I forgot to ask him if he hates uh, if he's a Trump supporter yeah (laughs) (laughs) shit I knew I forgot something (laughs) whoopsie she has in her hand it's like do you like me did you have fun on the date and then sort of like smudged out at the bottom is like do you hate everyone who exists outside of your own experience? Yeah. <laughs> but it got smeared because it was Are a Are you a racist? Date. Oh, shit. You <laughs> left that one out. <laughs> yeah, but I feel yeah. like I've, so, been, I've been kind of forced them to air the conversation, though, because, like, it seemed like that was really, like, where he led 
the conversation and and it had to do with his family too because he said his brother had been like in prison and that his brother had had firsthand like experience with police brutality and stuff like that uh ivan is a he's mixed race i he's like i loved ivan's brother when they brought on ivan's brother during like the hometown portion that was so cool because he see you know he he's so different from ivan like he's Mm -hmm. you know like he Ivan is so like clean cut, whereas his brother was tattooed and had his hair in a ponytail. Like they were so different, but they like had such a strong bond. And then to hear, you know, the brother talking about like Tasha's energy and everything like that was just like yeah. so cool. And even the way he spoke too was like very different than Ivan. Like he he was much more like he was not as straight laced in the way that he spoke. He was just much more like blunt and honest. And I mean, it was not sort of Ivan how like honest, real people but... talk. Yeah, (laughs) but I loved it because, like, I feel like usually they might play that on the show as, like, oh, but is Tasha going to be freaked out by Ivan's brother? Or, like, they might make fun of him in a way. And I like that they didn't. I like that, like, he was presented as just, like, a regular dude who, like, had great insights, which he did. Like, I really liked him. I liked that the show, like, took him seriously, which is also not something I would expect. Yeah, I I mean, he seemed, of all, like, the family members, I mean, most of the other family members are so rehearsed. So how are you feeling? Do you think you love her? Blah, blah, blah. Like, what are your intentions with my daughter? And he was just sort of, like, more how you would actually talk to a friend or family member to get advice on someone you're dating. Like, yeah. big fan of Ivan's brother. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's great. Um, before we, we wrap things up by talking about the finale and Zach Mm -hmm. and all of that, uh, we should go back to Bennett and Noah and talk about their, their drama. The, the, the villains of the season were kind of Bennett and a little bit Ed. And I feel like Ed, for some reason, like the producers must love him because they gave him so much screen time. They gave him that whole, like basically a one-on-one date with Chris Harrison. Which is the real prize. (laughs) Yeah, that was so weird how, like, that one night where he accidentally went to Chris Harrison's room, he's like, I'm looking for Tasha." And he's like, well, Tasha's not here. And he's like, but you can come in, though. And then they just hung out, as if Ed couldn't just, like, be like, oops, and walk over to Tasha's room. Yeah. They're like, (laughs) they call Chris Harrison, they're like, stall him. (laughs) (laughs) Keep Ed there at all costs. We got Ben headed over to Tasha's. <laughs> Stalin. Uh, what did you think about Bennett and Noah? Okay, their- well, when Bennett, uh, uh, when Bell, what, what? When Bell. Okay. <laughs> when Bell. Uh, when Bennett first appeared, my sister said, hi, I'm here to audition for the part of the bad boyfriend from a Hallmark Christmas movie because that's who he is. He is a businessman from the city. I, yeah, I didn't like him. He was entertaining enough to watch because he caused problems, Mm -hmm. but like, it's crazy to me. Someone can be that unself-aware that you're like spending all your time bickering with some guy who you say you don't respect or care about. Yeah. But you spend all your time bickering with him, and he got, he got him the book on emotional intelligence. 
I and like it seemed all along like Tasha didn't like him. I feel like Ta- yeah. I mean, I respect Tasha enough to think she could kind of read what kind of douchebag he is. I mean, we all could. <laughs> and every time he would like grab her or kiss her or anything like that, she always was like, Bennett. Like, you know, sort of like <laughs> that voice you use, like you know, if a guy's buying you a drink, but you don't want it, and you want the free drink, but you yeah. don't want him getting any closer to you. So you kind of have to act like, oh my God, how funny, but you're actually repulsed. Yeah. Um, that was <laughs> the tone she took with him. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was excited to see him leave. Yeah. And the fact that he bought brags about his emotional intelligence, but couldn't pick up on any of those cues from her. Oh my God. Yeah. That's what bothered me the most is like, to, to recap a little bit, uh, so Bennett is, like, this older wealth management guy who's, like, he wears scarves went all the Harvard. time. Yeah, he went to Harvard. Yeah, he cannot leave out the fact that he went to Harvard. Uh, and, like, when he got out of the car, I was like, this man, like, eats people's skin. Like, this man is a serial killer. <laughs> That's the vibe that I got. I was like, he has, like, a lamp made out of, like, a human skull or something like that. Like, he was just kind of creepy. And then Noah, his main adversary, just kind of seemed like this, like, 25-year-old, like, chilled back, like, laid-back kind of guy. Like, Noah did not bother me at all. Like, I thought he was totally yeah. fine. Everyone else seemed to think he was totally fine. I feel like Bennett just, like, zeroed in on him because he was, like... In love I, with him? I, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what their whole beef was. He, was. he was drawn to Noah more than anyone else on that show. To young Noah. He calls him. Oh, God. But yeah, you're and right. The number one thing that bothered me was that, like, he kept insisting that Noah had no self-awareness, had no emotional intelligence, blah, 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 when there was no indication of that from Noah and every indication of that from Bennett. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah, I mean, and I, ha- I have to believe or hope that something about his bio is fabricated or exaggerated because if he really went to Harvard and he really works in wealth management I just don't think you would go on a high profile reality show and make an ass of yourself like that because when you go back to work everyone's gonna like clown on you like yeah I don't know like I just feel like that in if he is in as classy and affluent and pish posh of a society as he seems to want to portray he is in Mm -hmm. then like his behavior on a quote-unquote trash reality tv show is gonna be like quite damaging i feel like well also like i feel like his uh i feel like his distaste for noah started like the second that noah shaved off his mustache and, like, I don't know, I don't know why, but, like, for some reason, like, as soon as Noah shaved off his mustache, Bennett, like, zeroed in on him. Because, like, ever since that well, episode is when they had beef. It was because he shaved off his mustache on a group date he wasn't supposed to be on. True. I, I thought Noah did a great play there. I mean, yeah, no, I think so. But clearly Bennett was pissed. But, yeah, I mean, if you can, they asked for someone to step up to like now I'm getting into the weed but you know I think by taking an opportunity to get more time with Tasha that's like what you're supposed to do so 
I have nothing against Noah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Bennett just felt that like after that move and after him like having this transformation where he shaves off his mustache and he's so cute, whatever. I feel like Bennett <laughs> was like, oh shit, like I am a Harvard educated, like wealthy, posh man, and I, there's no way I'm losing to this like 25-year-old brat from Oklahoma or wherever he's from. Like, I feel like he just was like, absolutely not. Cause Noah's like the complete opposite of him. I feel like that intimidated yeah. him. Maybe Bennett can't grow facial hair. So the fact that Noah could grow it and grew so very much of it that he was forced to shave it off his face mm -hmm. infuriated Bennett. That he would just cast aside this follicle gift from the gods <laughs> as if it were nothing. <gasps> I think you're on something. Golden, a golden bow of, of fluff above his upper lip, <laughs> hacked his, away. His lip had been kissed by angels, and <laughs> upon which uh, a garden of, of hair <laughs> grew in. And he just cast that aside as if it was nothing. I'm pissed too now. <laughs> now I'm Team Bennett. Yeah, yeah, we've we've convinced ourselves. <laughs> well, before we go, we definitely should talk about the finale and how everything wrapped up. Um, yes. Not to spoil anything, you guys. If you guys don't want any spoilers, now's the time to uh, click off the podcast. But if you would like to stick around for some spoilers, here we go. Uh, Zach Clark takes it to the end zone. He, he gets the final rose and get engaged. I was, I actually like was very excited about this. I didn't really pay attention to Zach too much for like most of the season. And then the past three episodes, I was like, oh shit. Like he really pulled that out. Like I really like them together. Yeah. I mean, they always seemed to have fun together, to be happy. He seemed to reassure her and make her feel good and confident, mm -hmm. like, which made me think it, he wouldn't win because that's what we've been conditioned mm -hmm. to believe is that yeah. whoever seems to be the clear front runner will not win. Like, they always twist it around on you. So I was ready to be disappointed, <laughs> but... And then when she just that morning said, or the morning of her final date with Ben said, I know what my heart wants and it's not Ben. I was like, well, where's the twist? Cause you can't just mm -hmm. tell us that. Yeah. But then she really did. She just went to Ben's room and sent him home beforehand. And, and then the only person who stepped out of a limo on proposal day was Zach. And then they got engaged and they were happy. And I was like, okay. <laughs> the thing that like really sold me on him was that like the way that they talked together in pretty much from like the fantasy suites on felt like a genuine like boyfriend and girlfriend like when you're first starting to date and you're like really flirty with each other and like she kept using his full name she kept being like Zachary Clark and he was calling her like Tay and I just I feel like a lot of times we don't see that in The Bachelor or The Bachelorette because like you said a lot of their conversations will revolve around like, and I am feeling like this. 
and I am feeling like this, and I enjoyed this. Like, it's very, yeah. it can get very robotic. And so I liked that the way they talked to each other was like, oh, I would talk to my boyfriend like that, probably. Like, that seems pretty real, and I feel like you don't see that that much. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like, as a human being, I like the way it ended. Because, you know, she had the, you know, the sort of the respect and kindness for Ben to just ahead of time be like, hey, it's not you. Don't come out of a limo thinking you're going to propose and get down on one knee and be embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And then it ended up just being her and Zach and they were both in love and excited and there was no drama. It was just like she knew who she wanted and she had him come propose. So as a human being... I think that's great. But as a lover of reality television, uh-huh. I was like, what's this now? <laughs> Where are the tears? You know? Yeah. like uh, You wanted like a cer- sniper to come out at the last second and just like end it all? <laughs> I don't know. I was expecting some twist to happen. <laughs> and it's like and then, hiding but- in the Joshua trees in the background, like <laughs> ready to go. But I guess Chris, I mean, I should have known because Chris was not hyping it up as the most dramatic season ever or the stunning finale of The Bachelorette. He was just like, and tomorrow the show ends. So (laughs) tune in. We're going to end the show. Yeah, it almost kind of felt rushed. Like they didn't have an after the final rose. Like it just was like, there's the ending. Goodbye. Like they were like, I have a fiance. And they were like, and on The Bachelor coming up. They just like no follow up with Tasha and Zach. Which, like, according to social media, they're still together. But, like, it's all, that was almost jarring to me because I'm so used to, like, every season being like, okay, and now there's some twist. And now we're not sure if they're together. And now we're going to the after the final rose. And, like, now we still don't know. Like, if you think about, like, how Peter's season ended or even how Hannah Brown's yeah. season ended when it was, like, so, like, up in the yeah, air. Yeah, it was weird that there was no after the final rose because usually you get to find out a little more about what's happened since then. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get that. And I, I remember back at Rachel Lindsay's season because she did the same thing with her final two where she ended up sending one of them home and then only one showed up on proposal day. And that whole time I was so confident that there was going to be a twist mm-hmm. or even like on after the final rose when she sat down with Peter, her runner up. I was like, they're lying. They're engaged right now. Like he came back. <laughs> but and then it just didn't happen. There was no twist. Mm-hmm. Peter kind of forfeited and she got engaged to Brian. So when it happened this time, I was like, I guess this is just what's happening. (laughs) Just two adults deciding to spend their lives together. Bleh. (laughs) Well, on one hand, I kind of miss that because I feel like that's kind of what the show used to be like. And then like the past few seasons, like Hannah Brown's, Jed was obviously a scumbag like the whole time. And then she realized it. Uh, Peter was just like a fucking train wreck. That was a mess. I hated his season. Ari wasn't even as straightforward because he chose someone and then, like, and then went to his runner-up. And I guess Becca's was, like, a little, like, Becca Kufrin, like, she did have more of a straightforward proposal, but then, like, Blake, like you said, like, that was a whole thing because, like, he was very brokenhearted and it was just a more dramatic breakup. So... I kind of did miss the element of romance versus drama and having the romance kind of win out this season. 
Yeah, um, I mean, I'm happy for them. And I do, I definitely agree that sometimes they take it too far trying to create drama and then it kind of ends up being nothing. Like the mm-hmm. Peter thing, there was like so many attempts at creating a dramatic end that it just sort of ended up being like nothing. When Chris Harrison showed up and he was like, we have some news about Hannah Ann. And then she's just like on her way. Peter's like, oh my God, what is it? He's like, she'll be here on time. Like we talked about it. You're like, God damn it. Oh Chris, my God. Yeah. <laughs> there was no reason for that. And Peter had like a heart attack. <laughs> but the, but you mentioned Ari's season, which I will defend. Cause I thought that was a great finale. <laughs> <laughs> when they were like, we're going to show you the uncut breakup scene. Oh my God. It's, I think it's special to me because that was what I think, because I remember I watched that with my parents and they hadn't seen the whole season, but they'd seen a few episodes and then they were watching mm-hmm. the finale and that was what got them hooked. They were like, this is insane. <laughs> so it's the Ari finale is very special to me. That's true. I, I do admit, Ari's season was pretty good. Like, he had a lot of good people on that season. They pulled out yeah. all the stops for him. <laughs> Did you hear he's having twins? I was gonna say, yeah. I just watched their, like, reveal video today where they were like, the Lion Dyke twins. <laughs> good for them. They seem happy. They really do. Um, I hope that Zach and Tasha end up being just as happy. I hope that they last. I actually like really do like them together and I think my biggest regret of the whole season is that I like Tasha so much that I wish she had gotten a season that a wasn't in quarantine and b was not like half of a season I really wish that we had at least gotten her for a full like full limo exits full bachelorette right off the bat I feel like she deserved that and uh you know it worked out I just wish that she had gotten that, you know? Yeah. She deserved a season in her own right. Yeah. But clearly it worked out anyway. They seem similarly mature and similar levels of fun. And my dad pointed out, he said, it's almost always, you know, the girl from Alabama and the boy from mountains of Colorado. And this time it's like the girl from Orange County and the guy from New York. Like, (laughs) they've, those, like, they both have a kind of a fast-paced, somewhat metropolitan upbringing Mm -hmm. that I think they're going to be, is going to have them on the same page as each other, and not finding out that the other one is secretly a Trump supporter, so. (laughs) Yeah, I, I actually really do like them together. I'm never usually that invested in the Bachelor or Bachelorette relationships, because they always almost break up, but I hate to say it, I'm a little invested in this one. Ah! Oh no, I'm going to get my heart broken. Ah! Keep my fingers crossed for those two. Um, well, before we depart, do you have any predictions for Matt James's season of The Bachelor? It's coming out in like a week or two weeks or something. Um, I think it's going to be a little, while it is still going to be in quarantine and limited, I think it will from what the promo looked like, it will look more like what we're used to on a season of The Bachelor, you know, like, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just because, like, it's, all, you know, all the girls are back in their evening gowns, and that's what I'm so used to, yeah. but I think they've had the time now to maybe figure out ways to make it seem not so quarantine strange Bachelor and have it mm-hmm. seem a little more normal, 
And one thing I'm trying to, I mean, maybe it's already been announced and I'm just stupid, but I was trying to guess where it is because mm-hmm. like, do we know where it takes, where they filmed it? It looks I, like the East Coast. I think they filmed in Virginia. I could oh, be wrong. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was Virginia, someplace in Virginia. Not a La Quinta. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because it's in Virginia, it is called La Quinta. <laughs> yeah, it's a holiday in this time. <laughs> Downgraded <laughs> even more. <laughs> I think we're gonna see Tyler Cameron a thousand times. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's gonna skew very young, like Pilot Pete season. Um, and because of that, I don't know if we are actually going to get like a big romance, like a long lasting romance. Uh, however. I am very interested to see how Matt, ja- how Matt James does because uh, this is the first time in like a long time that we're having a Bachelor that has not been on previous seasons. So we're ha- we yeah. have to get to know him along with the women. And I'm excited about that element. So Yeah, he has no track record to go off of. So there won't be yeah. any of the Claire... Um, Claire stress over the fact that these women haven't seen him on reality TV before. Oh my God. Could you imagine if one of them like just has no idea who he is? It's like so bullshitting. They're like, I saw your season of The Bachelorette and I loved you the most. (laughs) What the (laughs) fuck are you talking about? (laughs) That would be so funny. I think Um, Hannah Brown will show up too. Hannah Brown will show up with Tyler because at this point those two, like they're not dating, but they're like buddies. Oh yeah. They're so. (laughs) yeah they'll show up together at some point I'm pretty sure and I wonder one other element that I wonder about is something that was interesting on the season of the bachelorette was because of the quarantine aspect and that it took place at a hotel the guys all like had their own rooms so they didn't have like roommates and bunk mates and all that like close quarters where drama can really brew so I wonder if they'll have found a way like I wonder if it'll be the same where the girls each have their own hotel room or if they're going to find a way to get them into a situation like the mansion where they can really fight. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, I am very excited. I can't believe that we only have like a week gap basically between. It's so nice. Cause normally there's like the barren winter of no bachelor (laughs) and we're going to get right back to it. Oh yeah. I think it's important to note so that so that the listeners don't call us out on missing an interesting aspect of this season, that um, Jojo Fletcher took over for Chris Harrison for a little bit. And we didn't even touch on that because um, it was not interesting. Yeah, it was so forgettable. (laughs) And uh, that's no shade because I really like Jojo, but I literally forgot that that even happened until you just said it. Yeah. (laughs) It was, was, I mean, she did a good enough job because it wasn't like, what the heck's happening here? I guess it just goes to show that Chris Harrison is not very essential to the actual workings of the fashion. <laughs> How they dare treated, you? How him, dare you? <laughs> they treated him like such a celebrity that, like, do you did you catch that, like, every time someone's family showed up, they were like, whoa! And Chris yeah. like, came through the door and they acted like they were meeting, like, God for the first time or something. <laughs> You wouldn't act that way? <laughs> if I could but touch the lapel of his suit, <laughs> I could maybe, maybe I can endow myself with such holiness as he. 
no. no one does Chris Harrison better than Chris Harrison. I think that's what we learned. Oh, we didn't even talk about Neil Lane and how he stole like an entire date. Like that was Brendan's so date. weird. It was so, and he was just like rambling on and on the whole time, just because he's like a thousand years old. <laughs> and, like, Tisha and Brendan are like uh-huh. all this time itself. Uh-huh. Yeah. All of the diamonds Neil Lane used uses he first collected as coal. Yeah, they're from like the turn and- of the century. <laughs> uh, well, I feel like we could go on and on, but I, I think we, we did a pretty good recap and review. Uh, I overall, I think Tasha did a very good job. I think I think the season was somewhat uh, forgettable, but. I don't think that had to do with her. I think if she had had her full reign as like a non-quarantine bachelorette, that it could have potentially been like one of the best seasons of the bachelorette. Um, Cause I love her. So. I guess we'll never know. RIP. RIP. <laughs> what could have been. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for coming on and doing this with me, Ellie. Of course. It's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> 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 Having done it twice now, I can say it's my favorite thing to do. One of your most prized hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, do you have any hobbies? Well, every four months I go on my friend's podcast and yeah. talk about The Bachelor. <laughs> they're like, oh, that's that's interesting. That's great. <laughs> yeah, keep doing that. Keep promoing it. <laughs> um, thank you so much to everybody who's listening right now. If you are listening on my Patreon, thank you so much for supporting the podcast and supporting me and being a Patreon member. I really appreciate it. Um, it goes without saying, but follow the podcast on Instagram at Unwatchable with Chloe Rodriguez. Follow me at Cuckoo for Cloclo Puffs. Do you want to plug your Instagram, Ellie? Yes, my Instagram is elliebean17. And that's Ellie with an I-E. So I don't know if there are, I know people who spell it without the E. So I just want to be very clear. (laughs) Yes, you better find the right Ellie. I will link it in the description. Go give her a follow. Give her some support. Uh, Thank her for coming on. God knows I need it. It's been a rough year. (laughs) In these trying times, we could use every follower possible. Just one Instagram follower a day. Can help this college student's self-worth stay above zero. In the arms of an angel. There's just like shots of you dramatically (laughs) turning to the camera. (laughs) Thank you so much, you guys, for listening to this episode of Unwatchable. I will see you next time. Bye.